Hello everyone and welcome to the Grumpy Surfer podcast. I'm the Grumpy Surfer and your host Ads Lyson. On the podcast today I have a guy who is a breathwork coach who's been working with Surfing England with some of the surfers to improve their surfing performance and a range of other athletes through using a series of breathwork techniques can help improve their performance, their concentration and their mindset. I found this conversation with Ant quite profound and I met Ant at the beginning of August through a friend of mine's jiu-jitsu seminar called Beachfront BJJ. And a series of exercises that he put the participants through was something that I had been doing for quite a long time, but resonated with me quite a lot and just reinforced something that there was there was more to one than, than what I was doing to help improve my mentality, but also uh, my performance uh, when I was doing jiu-jitsu and surfing. So, Without further ado, please enjoy a really interesting conversation with an awesome guy, Anthony Mullally. Anthony Mullally, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, mate. Looking forward to it. Three questions for you. How are you? Where are you? And have you trained today? I'm very well, thank you. And I'm in Newquay, Cornwall. And yes, I've just got back from the gym. Uh, did a weights up, uh, well, a bit of all the body resistance session. So yeah, feeling good. Awesome. Mate, I, the reason why I've asked you to come onto the podcast is because it, it's, um, I think your story is, is actually really interesting. Yeah, you know, you've you've gone from a, a career in rugby league, which we'll talk about in a bit, to now kind of the the holistic side of um, of, of of like human mental health into into breath work and, uh, and and conducting retreats and things like that. So, you know, from my perspective as um, you know as a surfer, because you work with this, the the, uh, the the British surfing team as well. Yeah. Um, you know, all, all these sort of things are, are are really kind of like, from a selfish point of view, quite quite applicable to me because I actually use all of this stuff as well. So I thought I'd get you on after I met you on a, on Saturday from the beachfront BJJ uh, seminar and and uh, and just just have a chat with you, really. Yeah, no, my pleasure, mate. This uh, is what I like to talk about, so it's fine with me. And uh, just before we go on, you uh, you've just been on a retreat as well over the weekend with uh, with Russell Brand. So um, yeah, do you want to, do you want to just explain a little bit about that and how you got involved with it to start with? So yeah, that was his festival, you know, community festival. I think yeah. it's like I think it's like a growing thing. It's I think it's only about three or four years old. I think it started with like a couple hundred people. Now it's like a full festival, of like a good few thousand, maybe up to five thousand. Um, and I so yeah, like, like you mentioned, like so there's two sides of of what I, of what I do now. There's like more the uh, like there's, there's like the breathwork side, but really kind of like research based, um, like driven by science and like the the application of of breathing for like stress management, um, sport and performance, etc. Uh, and then there's the more the other side, more introspective side of the meditation and the breathwork is still part of that, but it's just a it's in a different language. So and then obviously there's the retreats where we'll do we'll, we'll do all, all sorts of different activities and stuff. And but it's particularly men it's specifically sorry men's retreats, and uh, and that's uh, that come from my we'll probably get into this, but my experience as a younger man and as a rugby player, and 
kind of my behaviors and why I think it's important for men to have that space. So um, because I'm doing that, like the uh, Russell Brand wanted to highlight some people doing um, doing work in the men's only, but men's specific wellness space. So that is how that is how it came about. He asked me to come. Obviously, I had a, I was on a panel with Russell Brand and a few other guys in the space, and I had my own talk about what you just said, like this, my journey from professional sportsman into the holistic wellness space. Uh, but also like the performance like uh, space as well. But yeah, like it's it's an interesting it's an interesting journey, and I think that's why why we spoke we spoke about like masculinity itself and like what what and how that how that's showing up in the modern age. So yeah, it was it was, it was really fun. So that, that that's kind of why I was there. I think what you're what you're doing um, is particularly interesting because you're talking about mas- masculinity and men, and there's always this um, stereotype, isn't there, with the holistic space and and yoga and breath work and that and I don't mean this to be in like a, in in a sexist way, but it's all very kind of orientated towards towards women, um, especially and again I'm not using this as a stereotype at all, you know sort of like women that are in like their later thirties forties to sort of like elderly people. This is from my perspective as well. This is absolutely nothing to do with actual fact, right? Um, but it's always kind of orientated towards that, and I think that there is a there is a massive gap um, for for men to kind of, if you want to use the, the the word, almost kind of like their 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 feminine sides, you know, their their inner side. There's, there's there's this sort of like concept that a bloke has to be burly and this and that, and not actually show emotion. Um, uh, weirdly. I have, when I first met my wife in my early days, I've always been quite a um, a non-emotional person. So I don't, I don't show that emotion, but over the time that I've, you know, I've been away in Afghanistan and Iraq and I've come back and I think, and starting this podcast, you know, we've been going for three years now and, and talking to people like you, it's really kind of opened my eyes that actually I never really used to talk a lot and now people can't shut me up. And, and I'm and I and I open up and I'm really kind of open with how I'm feeling and also kind of expressing myself. This is to the detriment of my wife, by the way. She absolutely hates this now because I'm always asking this stuff, and she's like, "I fucking I, I wish you were the way you know the way you were like 15 years ago." Now because they show up. <laughs> yeah, so it's kind of. I mean, let's let's take it right back to the root start. So, rugby league. You you're a, you're a northerner um, originally. So, you know, where where did you grow up, and how did you get into playing rugby? So, I grew up in a town called Witness, in, um, and just what we we can unpack that what you just said as well in in a, in a little bit because I that's some really good points, man. Like that's kind of what I'm. That's what a, a big area of focus for me at the minute. And uh, but we can we we can get so let, let's go back to that. Um, but yeah, so I'm from a little town called Widnes in the northwest, near like Wigan, St. Helens, that like epicenter of rugby league, uh, obviously away from Yorkshire. Um, and I got into rugby because that's just what we did. You know, I, it's, it's your dem- that was my demographic. We played rugby. Uh, football wasn't very big. Um, we just it was just a rugby town, so it was only a matter of time before I started playing. 
And uh, yeah, my friends played at a team near my house, right near, I live right next to a park. So I used to just start going training on Tuesday or Thursday. And yeah, it progressed from there. I never really had like a, like a desire to be a professional rugby player. It just, it just, it just came, it just came about. So yeah, that, that's how it started. And I, I, I quite, it drove me to just go into my career um, quickly. Yeah, I mean, I've got down here that, you know, I, I always do a little bit of research on people. So I've got down here that you actually played for nine teams professionally, and that's not including the teams that, um, you know, you, you grew up like the small small club kind of games as well. So, you know, that, that, that's that's pretty impressive in itself, quite diverse, I would say. Yeah, more clubs than Tiger Woods, the <laughs> people would say. So a lot of those clubs were... When when I was kind of coming through, I'd be I'd go and do registration to like another team. So as I was kind of because like as prop forwards in rugby league, we take a little bit longer to develop. And I probably didn't like coming to my own until I was like 24, 25. And so in the meeting them years, I was signed for like the clubs, but then I'd go out and play on loan. So I wasn't like signed for like that many different teams. I was just like I was on loan essentially. So that's uh that that's what that's what it was, but yeah, and I I like I like to move I like to move around I like to travel for and I, I think I've played I've played rugby I lived in three different continents with with rugby, um so I it's been it's been it's been amazing the the journey so and then obviously I, I, the highlight of my career was at Leeds Rhinos where where I had some success there and then the kind of motivation to play and c- continue to compete for Silverwood wasn't something I wanted to do anymore so. That's what start, started me on the journey I'm on now. Essentially, looking for looking for a deeper sense of fulfillment, um, like within instead of like instead of searching for something without. So that's kind of that's how the journey began. How did the guy from living up north end up moving down to to Cornwall, but also get into the the aspects of of, of what you're doing now? I mean, I know I I, uh, I said quite a lot of things before I asked you about where you're from and stuff and like, unpacking it, but it kind of leads nicely in, into this really because um, I think we were both in the kind of like the same transition really, like me leaving the military to kind of where I am now and you leaving rugby to kind of where you are now as well is that they're, they're both kind of a... Um, like a community, like a, a family feel of things. You know, you're you're surrounded by people that, you know, you play rugby with or, you know, you're in the military with and then you leave something like that to kind of, you've actually gone and done something that a lot of people would kind of be quite, quite scared to do, go and do something and develop a business uh, by yourself. How did all of the the breath work and all the holistic side of things come about? Did you do something, you know, when you were um, playing playing rugby and it just kind of resonated with you? Yeah, so it, it all came out of necessity, really, from just like a sense of like inauthenticity, and I just wasn't doing the right things. I was like going out drinking too much. I was getting into a bit of trouble um, and that kind of stuff. But it just it, it, that was during during after after like after a lot of drink, after a lot of alcohol, it just, then the, the, them hangovers were just like terrible. And like, it's just like, I, I, I just, I used to just question life when I was hungover. And I was like, oh, this is, I've got to stop doing this. I can't keep, it's this perpetual cycle. And yeah, so that led me to, it led me to meditation, it led me to like, obviously the, the generic kind of self-help books, but the, the really, they really helped, you know, they really kind of, obviously like the power now from Eckhart Tolle, okay, that was like my gateway book. 
into kind of this world of like uh, that we're always seeking we're always like bypassing this moment either like you're either worrying about the future or you can't let go of something that's happened so when i first kind of read that stuff i was like oh my god like that's crazy like, i then i just completely shifted my perspective on everything so i wanted to pursue that um i kind of turned me, me focus inward and the yeah just to try to understand my behaviors my the pat my patterns the the conditioning that was making me act a certain way what um and like you said like the the you didn't really quite feel like the, the emotional side of thing and more like try to have a better understanding of what what these sensations i'm receiving from the body actually mean um and what yeah what what sort of i suppress that's like uh, manifesting other behaviors so it was all that was going on and then i got into i got into breath work as a means to kind of like aid my performance as an athlete more like to control my arousal levels before competition and the more i got into it the more i started to learn obviously i was oh, this is incredible then i started to train with different like with different modalities different schools of breath work and i continue to do so but they have been for the last like six years and i'll, I'll probably never stop so um yeah, that's how I got into it. I didn't really have a, I didn't really have a desire to be a breathwork practitioner or a coach. It just, it just happened because I, I, the retreats came first, really, and then I was doing the breathwork and I thought, oh, I'll save money not getting a practitioner if I did a breathwork on the retreats and the meditation style stuff. So it kind of come from that, and then uh, obviously I just, I just carried on, I carried on training to the point where the breathwork's my main thing now on the retreats, something on, on the side. But yeah, you're right. It's, it was like. And obviously, and, and if you aren't, you can't be brave. You can't be brave unless you're you're scared, can you? Because then you obviously you face you face that fear and having to uh, stepping away from the very comfortable salary of rugby, which I, I retired the year ago. I'm only 32. Probably could have played till I was like 38. Probably my body's in good condition. Um, and yeah, I just had this desire. To, like I was following that that path of authenticity. I was like, if I step into this space fully. Um, and I believe in what I'm doing with men and, and other people, giving people the tools to kind of deal with um, a lot of like the a lot of the stresses that life life brings like brings to us. Um, if I keep if I keep on this path like and trust that I'm doing what's supposed to be doing, I'll, I'll get rewarded. You know, by the by the, the universe will reward me because I feel like uh, the, when people talk about manifestation, etc. Whether whether you believe it or not, it it just it all it is is for me. It's just like put putting the right steps in place you can't just think it and like hope it's going to happen you've got to practically apply what you want to do and you've got to work really hard and then i feel like you get met with 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 the reward after you've done the right thing so i went through a process of like um yeah that's a bit of self-doubt like i'm, I'm doing the right thing should i go back to rugby but then i kept coming back i was like no this is like what you're meant to be doing and i, I sometimes i was struggling to pay me rent and things like that because like um yeah i think I just, things weren't coming in and like, i was like, I just no i just like but i wouldn't let that scarcity that fear fear and like self-doubt it, obviously it was there but i wasn't pushing it away i was allowing it to come in and out of me i wasn't i was i was acknowledging it's it's uh it's presence but then letting it go i, I wouldn't sit in it i wouldn't dwell in it but and uh, that that really helped me so like just uh, a lot of self-belief like helped me get to obviously and like yesterday I was on a panel with Russell Russell well with Russell Brown, you know, like if you if you told me that like eight years ago, I would have been, what the hell are you talking about? So yeah, that's that's a bit about how I got how I got to here now. I think um what you're what you're saying there is my uh my my mum and dad, they've been in this my mum's been into 
um it, like the holistic therapy side of things for you know gone gone 20 years um it's one of the reasons why i, uh, I became a, a bowen technique therapist myself and um you know coming you being a typical northerner and me being a very non-emotional former military serviceman everything's very black and white to us so um i i think i think those sort, sort of things when you when you kind of narrow it down people can resonate with what you're what you're doing is because um and i don't mean this in the bad way if anyone's listening they're into sort of like their their um their mantras and chanting and stuff like that you, you kind of take that um element away and become very straightforward with what you're saying and how you're talking and describing what it is that, that that you're doing or what you're providing, i.e. breath work, whether it's meditation or something like that. Because a lot of that stuff, if you say meditation to somebody, even if you said it to them 10 years ago, they'll be like, nah, man, I'm not doing that hippie shit. Whereas, whereas now today, it's not about that it's more about mindfulness and because mental health and stuff is such the forefront of people's in, in the forefront of people's minds i mean you know my uh, my wife even today she's on calls with people um she's she's doing a degree in cognitive behavioral therapy but she's been in the mental health space with the nhs for the last sort of like 15 years so it, it, it's kind of recognizing that and it's become be, becoming quite a, a prevalent thing within within pe people's personal um personals their their own traits really in, in the way that they deal with day-to-day -day life and i think the way that if you can get across what you're doing um and um you can get men not necessarily men but men <laughs> into thinking like that and it's not just you know some out there thing that you know I, nah, i'm not going to look at that i'm going to go down the pub and have a beer then then that's that, that's a, a super positive thing and and like i i'm a, I'm, I'm very much um when it comes to kind of people that present themselves as well that um you are what you eat so you know, I look at you, met you the other day. You're about twice my eight. What, you're six five? Oh. Yeah, six five, built like a brick shit house, right? <laughs> I I'm I'm five six and uh, probably about half your width. So but my, my point is is that if I can see somebody like you doing that, it almost kind of makes it okay for when people come to your retreats and stuff, and they're a little bit skeptical about it, I would say. They go, do you know what? There's something in this, I reckon. Um, and one of the things I was actually trying to say to you before I went off on a massive tangent, sorry, <laughs> is um, have you ever read the book, The Secret? You probably have. Yeah, I read that when I was like 20, 21. And I, so that, that subliminally kind of, that, but that didn't, that didn't kind of bring a big shift in me. But that just kind of, oh, it's interesting. So then I start to journal and stuff like that from then but it wasn't until I read the power now when I was like 25 that made the big shift but yeah, yeah. I read the secrets like quite a, like an easy game but I think with the secret it's just a bit there's not enough talk about action I don't think it's more about just like imagine it so that that's but it's obviously it was it, it was it was a big difference for me um but yeah that, that no I, I appreciate that because that's pretty much my my like USP 
Um, like I, I try, I, I, I try, and I mentioned this in a post I did last night. Like that is what I try to do. Like if they can see, if they see a guy like my background, like how I look doing this kind of stuff, they might not associate it with with so much like woo woo. And I, I think what we're trying, what we should be trying to do. I, I'm kind of like I'm, I'm having like ideas and, and thoughts on like the men's space and how, how we move going forward. And it's I I believe we need to we need to change the language. We need to change the language we use. And so the issue is like yeah, we'll go to the pub for a pint and we're going to mask stuff because we we don't want to we don't want to be we don't want to feel what what we have to feel because that is associated with different things. It might be vulnerability, it might be weakness, etc. Uh, so we'll kind of, we'll kind of push it down, but that that just that just suppresses, doesn't it? Um, as 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 we know, so it's like so. Then how can we change the language that makes this more accessible to more accessible to men? And I think the, there's there's a process called uh, I think I think mentioned this at Beachfront BJJ. There's a pro just there's just a process in the body that that's called uh, interoception, and essentially uh, you probably know it, but essentially it's just the bidirectional communication between the body and the brain. And so, but I, it's where, so the environment, when things happen, whatever it is, an angry dog's barking, et cetera, then the body starts to like, heart rate starts to go, um, breath rate starts to increase, uh, the frequency increases. But we don't, we don't actually uh, experience anything until the brain picks up these signals from the body. So that's the sensation getting sent to the brain. Then the brain interprets these sensations and, and will, will will bring an emotion um, uh, appropriately to what the situation requires. So that, and I, that, that's, that's like, that's like well-known like in like neuroscience and science. So I think, I think like kind of having a conversation of like this is this sensations in the body that's triggering emotions and then emotions come in narratives in, in the mind. So it's like, right, can we start to like, just learn what these sensations mean? Can, can we take time to just like delve in, Instead of saying emotions, because again, that that that's got uncomfortability around it and stigma around it with men. Like it's, there's, there's, there's so many abstract terms to talk about men and emotions. So I just think a simpler language least needs to be spoken. And like, look, there's nothing like let's get to the bottom. Let let let's what's actually caught what's in the body is causing this. And like then we pay attention to the body, and then we can then we can start to understand a bit more of of what these what these emotions mean and then we can express it we so we in, then once we, we feel into the sensations we then can interpret the emotions interpret what it means and then from then uh, we can express it in a more healthy manner because we've got that better intelligence so for me it's all about emotional intelligence that's my that's what i'm i'm starting to bang the drum on that we need better emotional intelligence because i think that's a better word um then, then i don't know like feel your emotions feel, i don't know i just think the language we need to use needs to needs to change and i don't know where that starts like i'm not a psychologist you know so there's only so much i can say but i can i can kind of i can bring this from my own my own point of view and and see how we go but there's different lots of different ways to do it but yeah that, that's where that's where i'm at with it i think i keep saying i think the word I, I would probably use the word being present being present in what you're doing now i've read a few books um to do like the the military but i think it kind of um th this kind of threads into jujitsu and, and surfing quite a lot because 
within those within those sports or you could say life even as well really is that you whenever something happens whether you've got an aggressive opponent in jiu-jitsu whether there's a bigger wave than you're expecting that's coming but you're going to turn and go anyway you've got that fight or flight mechanism haven't you you know you've um you've got the, the different nervous systems that kick that kick in um so i i think if you can recognize that as a person and when something like i don't know fear kicks in instead of having that sort of like blank moment where you don't know what to do and that's kind of where you where you become stiff and you uh, and you your your brain doesn't function properly if you can if you can um control it and also make it recognize that there is something going on how do you, how and how you can make your body react to that by connecting the body to the brain then that becomes a trained response then and it will make you react better in different situations whether it's your your home life whether it's on the mat as well you mean you know you're you're a white belt right in jiu-jitsu so being underneath somebody that is having that constant pressure going through you you've got two responses one you can just um give up to it and keep your frames in and wait for space so you can move or option two which is predominantly people that are newer to the sport go mental their natural response is to try and push that person away as soon as you start pushing somebody away somebody a little bit better is going to take your arms you know and 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 submit you the same within surfing as well it's all about commitment you know if you if you're out on a bigger day that's out of your comfort zone but you're in the right spot that wave starts coming to you it starts peaking you know you're on that inside section that's just about to break and you can paddle into it even if it's even if it's bigger than something you've ever paddled in for, if you can control that that emotion, that adrenaline dump that's that's going to be pushed into you, and you can use your breath and and concentrate on what you're doing and be present in that moment, you are more likely to make that wave. You are more likely to escape that position. You're more likely to. Um, be able to react to a situation at home that's getting on top of you than actually having that natural kind of reptilian response, which is I'm just going to react to it straight away and, and not control myself. Um, you know what? I mean, what are your thoughts on that? I, I, I agree. Um, I think, I think it's a it's a mixture of a mixture of both. Cause at the same, at the same time, Obviously, we need we need we need that reptilian response, don't we? Uh, we like that. That's the thing that like primes the body for for the 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 event. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. If that but if that consumes you, then um, if you've not if you've not like conditioned the body, so you condition your body to stress responses, and then then the sympathetic response isn't as strong. So you're able to you're able to deal with the you're able to deal with the the occurrence without so without the the um the insula firing the information through the amygdala which is then gonna like, call cause a lot more fear so but i agree and so when i mentioned interoceptive awareness there's act there's actually there's studies being done uh, ran randomly on on a on like stop like 
like hedge funders and people who like trade and like make 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 decisions, like split decisions, like because they, they've only got a certain amount of time, they like sell by, sell by, and it's like it's happening fast. And so what 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 they what they found was uh, the guy people who had better inter interoceptive awareness, and that just essentially means the ability to kind of listen to the body, listen to the sensation of what like you so really your gut feeling, your intuition. So because we're so disconnected from that, because like the we get the feelings and the the mind doesn't know how to necessarily interpret them, and um, we 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 act against our own our own instincts, our own like gut instincts. So, but the greater emotional, the greater interoceptive awareness. So the the greater bit the the great they shown is the people have the better awareness. They're able to make the better decisions in like high risk situations. So for you as a military man, that 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 would have obviously that would have been really good. For you, for like, for, for like, for the for the Marines and and those guys, like to to have that bet to the, the better uh, awareness of what the body's saying, then you act you know, and acting on it because you've like you've really tuned in. So oh, yeah, sometimes it might not be you might interpret it wrong, but if you spend time, really kind of so and there's different practices we we do for that, and it involves yeah it involves being present, like you said. Like only when you're present and you're, and you're focusing inwards, that's when you can kind of build it. So you build that, you build the relationship. Um, with with the body and and the, obviously and, and and the gut and when and then you can act on it more and 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 then the more the more you've trained that and the more you've learned that then it actually becomes a bit more autonomic for in high risk situations and that's what the study's shown so that that, that was really interesting so um, yeah I think it's a I think it's a balance of of li of list of listening uh, to to what it's saying and then using our top down control to camp to put the body in the best in the best position it needs to be in. So if you're like, if you're too erratic before that big wave uh, comes, um, then like like you say, you're probably going to make you're probably going to make the wrong decision. So yeah, like, that's my that's my take on it. I like. Um... I like the way that you were talking about the the like the inter inter I can't say no interoceptive responses because it's something that I uh, I've always been quite interested in. I've been in a lot of uh, combat situations, you know, over my time. Um, did did quite a few kinetic kinetic tours, and I always kind of found why everybody was like so wired like and and how people responded in, in in different ways because i was always uh one of those people that like i said i've always found myself to be quite non-emotional and this was this was no different being shot at and someone trying to kill you, you i don't think you can get any more um neanderthalic about that you know one person trying to kill the other person there's your fight or flight right there in front of you, you know, and how and how you deal with that situation. And I, and I remember just kind of being in those situations, you know, bullets whipping past my head and, um, you know, RPGs and stuff going off next to me. And and I'm looking around at people and some of the guys are kind of like honed into it. Another are very sort of like almost that that kind of shell shock response. They're the kind of like, problem. yeah. So they're kind of like, they're in that fight or flight. They they haven't made that cognitive de decision yet whether they're going to control what they're doing, or they're just going to let their body take over. And that's where conditioning comes in, right? You know, if you condition yourself into 
breathing into refocusing yourself we used to call it um you, you know looking through a susat through your sight if you're just looking through that that's all you can see is that there instead of like pulling yourself back and what we would call a condor moment where you'd be able to see your peripheral vision and everything in front of you and see what's going on before you make that before you make that cognitive uh, decision and i think that's kind of sat with me quite quite well like throughout my life whether it's um you know in the business world whether it was running a gym um responding to other people as well is is being able just to kind of sit back have an overview of everything make my cognitive decision about what i'm going to do um and then and then you know making that reaction of determination on what i'm going to do whether it's like you know th there's an enemy in front of me you know how i'm going to get my men to engage that target whether it's you know working in the gym um you know you've got loads of down pressure coming coming from like your hierarchy or like in the business situation where you've got your your bosses you know giving you deadlines and stuff and you're really close to it and you haven't anywhere near finished it's been able to kind of focus yourself into that and um and being able to respond to it in in the right manner as opposed to just kind of go and, and that's kind of where where some people are right is it it just gets all consuming on, on top of them and they don't know what to do with it mm. yeah that's really interesting like like that and like you said that is the pinnacle of like the, the these extremes isn't it of like of no of the nervous system it doesn't get any more like real real than that um i don't know if you remember this the slide on the presentation with the arousal spectrum and like the behaviors with it so that just reminds me of that obviously some of you are you're in your body you're you're, you've, you're in the fight or flight you're in the high fight or flight uh, and, and you go time because that's the, that's your only option but then the other guys have gone like hypo arousal you've almost gone like dissociative like out, out of body and like then you say so in that situation you actually need to use the breath to actually bring yourself back up to bring, put you back into your body and the other guys depending on if it, things have calmed down now like oh i'm going to slow me breathing now a little bit but when you're in that moment when it's all go it, it, that you just kind of got the body let the body do what it needs to do but it's in the, in the breaks in between that's when you can bring yourself um that, that's where you can bring yourself back down and yeah a few things you said then it's like it's kind of like that victor frankl's famous saying isn't it it's like in between stimulus and response is space and like the 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 and that that takes a level of awareness, doesn't it? And it and that, that the breath is the place because just because of how it is, the the where it sits in the brain, it's like this bridge in between the conscious and the subconscious. So you can kind of like snap yourself back into this moment after something happens, bring yourself back, uh, obviously rationalize, and then go from there. But obviously, a lot of us can't do that, so it's kind of it's it's tra it's training that, isn't it? Yeah, and that's a key thing, right? Uh, and conditioning is is a massive thing and conditioning isn't just about conditioning yourself to be strong in the gym conditioning yourself to be a professional surfer or a lifter or or, or whatever it is it's conditioning yourself to to your environment or kind of your your responses as well so i, I think the important thing with all of this especially kind of you know the background that you're in is that all this can be learned and you can control it and i mean this is this is kind of something that's just come off the top of my head how do you find when you get people that are completely beginners 
to 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 the breath work and and meditation what what do you find is the the hardest thing for people to 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 stick with it and to maintain that conditioning to do it over and over again so that they get better i think it's just kind of i think i said i said this on the weekend it's just it's it's dispelling the myth that they have to like just quit like sit down and clear the mind straight away because first of all that's gonna that's gonna put that's gonna put people off and it's like it's like it's inattainable task so you just you start with really you start with really simple things like say look just give just give me just give me five minutes in the morning like everyone's got five minutes in the morning just get up five minutes earlier and and just sit and just follow this breathing protocol and just follow that but why why you why you counting it also just like notice where the breath's coming into they like notice like the expansion like bring it no expand the expand the ribs um and so essentially what what you're doing there you're reducing the breathing volume to a certain breaths per minute which is going to regulate the nervous system but also you're building like sensory awareness and and i build that neurological connection between the brain and the diet and and like the diaphragm to bring the breath nice and low so you're working breathing mechanics as well as uh, so you wake up in the morning we're bringing a balance to the nervous system before we go out of the day. So instead of just waking up and, oh, it's going to follow one thing after another, um, we're, going to do, we're going to do this practice. It's going to bring you into the moment. And I think essentially meditation is, is bringing you back into the present moment. So you become better at being in the present moment when life happens to you. So because if, if we're always for somewhere else in our, in our mind, the chances of us like dealing with a situation uh, optimally in that moment is, isn't, like you say, is, isn't optimal. So in the practice of bring yourself back into the moment, bring yourself back into the body allows you to be better in like <laughs> dealing with things in, in in this moment. So dispelling the myth, giving people the easy, easy tools, and then from what well, once they built the concentration, because that's building concentration and focus as well. So there's a lot going on in five minutes, and once they built this focus and concentration to be able to like focus inward, then we can start focusing on sensations in the body. Then we can start focusing on what I, where it is, what that means, and then we can start to build build like we can write you write it down afterwards we can like we, we talk about it so and then that's when we start to build like emotional intelligence and then once you build emotional intelligence then once so the big things that make us react is because it's a strong stimulus from an emotion then we react accordingly so the more we can kind of create space from these emotions and, and uh, interpret them the less kind of hold they have us and the, the less we react as, as strongly situations we we notice it's something that's passing through us and it's not it's not something that we are so like that's the problem we identify with the, or i'm sad i'm angry i'm you're not you're not it's just you're experiencing it in this moment so if you the less you can the yeah the better you can let go of that and let it pass through you um the the less control it has of you so yeah that's kind of a little couple of step way to deal with it with people with regard to meditation i tried to I try to, well, I do meditate. I use that in inverted commas. Um, I can't really kind of put my finger on what kind of what meditation is. I've watched a bunch of YouTube videos. Um, to me, the stereotype of, of meditating is when you see these Japanese warriors going up to a mountain and they go into a meditative state and they're there for like 20 years or something. They come back down and they're like, you know, they're fine. You know, they haven't eaten or drunk anything that, you know, that's by the by their body. Of course, they don't need that. But, you know, that that's kind of how, how I always um, how I always saw meditation. 
Um, everyone's perceptions for it, I guess, are, are different. And one of the things that, that, that I found kind of worked for me was um, actually when you were doing the um, the little kind of scenario or um, work group stuff we did um, the other week, it's stuff that I do at home as well. And, and, it, and it really helps with me uh, going going to sleep because I find, um, and I don't know whether you found this, you know, it's mad that you've only left rugby over a year ago. We'll, we'll delve into that in a minute. But um, one of the things that I, I kind of have been working on over the last 18 months is that I'm my brain is most active at night, um, overthinking things. Um, I've, I've found that recently as well, overthinking stuff. You know, we were just talking about, you know, how do I advertise this? How do I do that? I, I haven't got enough money to do to to pay for somebody to do this. So let's try and work out how to do it myself. And then all of a sudden you open a can of worms and you down this endless tunnel of rabbit holes and stuff. And and then these little rabbit hole tunnels have lots of different other holes that go down. And you kind of weave your way through this, you know, subterranean minefield that is the brain um, when you start to overthink things. So I um the NHS got given the uh give got given the mindful app um which i now use my my wife glad gave me her uh, login details for and i started listening to it and it was kind of a little bit you know um i like the word you used woo woo-y. it was a little bit woo woo and yeah. uh but i took a few things away from it and it was counting breaths and thought, wow, is this, is this what meditation is? So I started off just turning all the lights off in my house and and sat down. I can't sit cross-legged because my knees hurt too much, but um, putting my legs out and just closing my eyes and, and just counting my breaths. And I started with 50. I went up to 100, 200, 250. And, and I found, like you said, um, there's that element of where your mind wanders with, with meditation. But then knowledgeable um knowing that you've kind of drifted away and bringing it back and just counting that again i found that like really helpful and I, and that's that's what i use now um and it was actually quite a good confirmation of what i've been doing over the last two years when you know somebody that's obviously done a lot of research and now you know you created a living out of doing this and i'm like do you know what this is actually pretty cool. Somebody acknowledging the fact that I'd been doing something, you know, internally in my head, not you, you didn't know that, but it was really cool. And when I try and tell people about it, give them a little bit of advice on, you know, I can't get to sleep. I'm not sleeping very well. And I, well, this is what I do. They, they tend not to pay too much attention to, it, or I can just see them like, you know, when you look at somebody sometimes and they're like that, what planet are you on mate you know uh and this is kind of where dispelling those myths that you're talking about i think is um is absolutely amazing in, in kind of the way that you're coming out and, uh, and doing that yeah and i think you just kind of some like i think that's what meditation is for me meditation takes many forms and there's lots of different ancient practices but a lot of it a lot of them come down to be create, uh, so becoming the observer, the observer of the thoughts, of the emotions, whatever's going on in your it, observing the thing that so these different meditations they turn your attention back to the thing that's observing. So get your head around that. 
So it's like the thing that who who is aware, who's aware that you're aware. So I look look at the look at that, and well, essentially what what you're doing is yeah, you're coming you're coming because like you're not going to stop all that. So maybe some people can transcend. I don't know. Uh, I'm not I'm not one of them. So for me, it's like sitting sitting there, and it's it's training. And basically, it's it's training. It's it's like concentration training, but it also in doing that, you're loosening the grip that the thoughts, that the emotions have on you. And you can just see them for what they are and let them come past. Yeah, of course, then you're going to think about what you're having for breakfast or dinner. And that's going to be, like, oh, right, I'm lost in my thought. Come back. And I, I like to say sometimes when I'm leading, I say, come, um, you like, um, liken the feeling of coming back to your breath after you've been lost in thought, like to when you lose your car keys and you find them. It's like that. Ah, that that relief when you find your car keys that I say I use that when you when you realize you've just been you've just been lost in like a in a in a in a like in a margin of thoughts for a second and oh I'm I'm lost in thought I'm gonna come back to my breath but you come back without any judgment I think part of the problem is people come back like fuck I was lost in thought and but it's just, you just gotta be compassionate with yourself like compassionate like you lost in thought I'm gonna come back and that might happen twenty times in in five minutes you know. Is the way it doesn't matter. You just got to keep coming back. You just got to, you got to keep doing it, and then you build. You're building that concentration. You're building your ability to do it. Um, so yeah, that's kind of you, you nail you nail that. That's what meditation is for me. And, and yeah, yeah, using it in a language. So in more okay, you're gonna do this is actually gonna improve focus and concentration. Kind of using that language instead of like other, other styles, it makes it more uh, appealing to people. So yeah, it's all about the language you, you use with it. I think, and then. If I, I, I like I like to think I I'm 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 good at guiding it. So that uh, you got to be a good guide as well. You got you got to distract. You've got to put create the right confines for people to kind of step out of step out of that of that mind space for a little bit. So if you can do that with the right cues, the right calls, uh, people can have a good experience. I think, like you said, the the vocabulary and the, and the, and the uh, the words used for it it can be quite difficult. Um, purely for the fact that you're you're trying to describe um lots of emotions all encapsulated into into one thing and in, into kind of one moment i guess and um i i do find it quite difficult i mean you you'll be better at it than me because you know it's your your job now but <laughs> um trying to trying to reword it for somebody so it doesn't create like we started like i mentioned at the very start of the podcast creating those stereotypes straight away mm. I, i've been in lots of uh yoga and um i guess you could call it like breath work or what you would stare i'm using stereotype a lot what you would stereotype holistic to be you know that very much indian chanting all that sort of stuff that really doesn't really doesn't do anything for me if you're into that that's brilliant you know i know lots of people people that are um but i just i just needed the the correct wording for it and it took me a long time to try and find it i think and trying to describe it to somebody mm. without it sound like you you know you'd be on the bike shed smoking a spliff um it can be can be quite difficult and uh yeah I, I think like you say trying to trying to reword it into into a fact that people can actually um get familiar with it and resonate with it really really well is is what's going to bring people to it 
uh, more so than, um, you know, seeing somebody sat at the top of a mountain levitating on the peak with their fingers and eyes crossed and stuff. Because again, you know, that is kind of the vision of people, isn't it? When you, when you, when you see um, meditation and stuff like that. Mm. Yeah. And that's not, that's not accessible. Like, and so I, I speak about this a lot to me, me partner, your business partner with the retreats and like, we, we've been around, even when I first got into like the spiritual kind of side of things, um, you can you can become a bit too like, you disidentify too much. Like, oh, you almost get like, you're, you're this like, um, yeah, you're almost like too good for your thoughts and emotions. Oh, I'm not this body. I'm like, I am, you know, I'm like part of like the universe, et cetera. And it's, and uh, people become too ungrounded. People become too like airy furry. And I, I, I had to come back to me, but I was like, no, I was like, no, you're in this, you're in this body, you're in this, like, you're in this carnation. It's what you hate, what you hate to do. Um, some people can't deal with it though when they go into this kind of world and they become too like out there, too airy fairy, and it, and then, but and and it, it's, it's a spiritual ego essentially. And some people have to disappear, live in the. Like, it, obviously, unless you chose a life of service and you live it, and you live in the hill, you live in the monastery, etc., and, and you just meditate. That's that's fine. But the rest of us need to live in the world. And it's about, can you still find that level of stillness and peace amongst all the chaos of, of life? That is, that is the, that's where the goal is for me, being able to get yourself in a place that no matter what happens in life, obviously it's going to affect you, but it doesn't, it doesn't derail you. It doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't ruin you. And that's where that, that's where the kind of work comes in for me. Like that, that's why that's the most um, valuable part of it. How have you found integrating what you're doing with with, with others, uh, you know, sporting teams? I mentioned, you know, this podcast is about surfing as well. Um, you, you've been part of the, uh, the the GB surfing team as well. I mean, how did that come about? So I think, I think you had you had Nick on last week, didn't you? Didn't That's you? right, yeah. My uh, uh, BJJ coach. So he uh, he recommended. So uh, Joe Gray, one of the one of the um, is he one of the new performance guys at GB Surfing was was at, at Nick asked Nick do you know any breathwork guys and uh, thank, thankfully Nick Nick recommended myself and yeah so so I, I went with him I still I still do work with him now um, some of the guys some of the guys on a one to one basis and if they've got camps coming up I'll, I'll work on it it's really good again I know I know the right language to use I was I was in like a fifteen year professional career with rugby and I know how to talk to like the sports scientists the uh, the SNCs, um, like the physios, uh, and I speak a language they can understand, and and I'm not stepping on the toes. And so it's for me, it's all about like giving them giving them the confines that they can put themselves in the best uh, position to perform, and that might be like uh, helping with sleep before a competition, helping with anxiety before a competition, allowing them to come back into their body because we talk about flow state. You 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 access flow state when you're in alpha brain state. So if you can cut and you're in alpha brain states when you're deeply embodied, deeply focused on a task at hand, not when you're everywhere thinking about stuff. So um, there's a real space for this in professional sport, and like the because you have to be able to guide someone through that. So an SNC might you can't just do that because you have to be able to like talk to them, like put them in. in so it's a whole different training in itself. So there's definitely a space for that um, if if you know if you know what you're doing. So, but you have to speak the right language. You can't just be too like woo woo, or they or like they won't take you seriously. So um, because 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 I've trained with a lot of like like different doctors, respiratory physiologists, and the breath, I, I'm speaking the language they 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 like. So um, yeah, like different sports, different. It's different. So I'm going to GB Taekwondo. 
soon. Uh, I, I do one on work, uh, one to one work with Olympic athletes. I've, I've got a one to one with um, um, oh, well, I won't say his name, but he's one of the uh, one of the UK's uh, best uh, grapplers. He's in ABCC, so there's only two of them, so work out. Um, <laughs> but I, 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 after this, so yeah, like it's it's I, I'll make it relevant to diff, uh, to different sports, you know. Um, it's yeah, it's what it's what I, that's that's what I really enjoy, like doing it in a doing it in pro sport. How are you finding your jiu-jitsu journey? Because what you've only started in the last year, is that right? No, about twenty months in. Okay. So yeah, I'm a long-serving white belt, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm loving it. I'm loving it. I went like obviously I did the whole thing. I went too hard at the start. Um, I got a few little injuries, and now I'm just really like taking it easy, slowing it down. Obviously, because of my size, like. Uh, my game is obviously top pressure I'm from the feet. I love I love wrestling. I love like takedowns, but I'm like I never really get a chance to do that. So um, I, I'll just like play guard a lot, working on that, um, and yeah, just trying to like be slow, like, like kind of like that. Um, yeah, just like you said at the start, like if I, I'll, I'll kind of get myself in bad positions purposely, and I like I wait for me chance to kind of get out and. So so yeah, I'm trying I'm trying to play a bit of a small man's game, like uh, as a big guy. That, that's kind of how, what I'm trying to do. So yeah, we'll see we'll see how see how we go. I'm, I'm loving it. I'm loving it, mate. I'm loving it. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> All you need now is a giant to start training at next place, so you can have uh, play your small man game. Exactly. Yeah, and have, have a good scrap sometimes as well. <laughs> yeah. Uh, with you in regards to sort of your retreats. Um, what kind of work do you do within those? Because I, I'm I'm quite intrigued about like retreats and stuff like that. Because I've I've been invited to um to do therapy on, on a couple of retreats, and I've been asked to do a surfing retreat next next year as um as kind of like the the co-host of it as well. Nice. So um, I've never really been involved in anything like that. So you know what for you from a um from a holistic point of view, you know, what, what, in, what is involved within retreats that you're involved in? Yeah. Retreats are awesome, man. They're just, they're just an opportunity to kind of step away. Uh, and it doesn't always have to be because everything's really bad. You know, like, it shouldn't be that way. You should do it because you want to create some time for yourself. Um, it's an opportunity to get away from your day-to-day patterns and habits and just kind of like strip everything, burn, step away from your roles that you play and just immerse yourself in whatever it is you want to do. So for our retreats, it's it's a mixture of like quite physical things, but also quite introspective things like the meditation, the breath work, the yin yoga, which is like more of like the slower, um, well, and some of the breath work is like intense as well. Like the breath, we, we really go into the breath all work, uh, expand on what we did that the other week. Um, obviously, we just general exercise. I'll do like circuit training. Um, we get Nick's coming on to do the jujitsu next weekend at it, but it's in Cornwall. Um, yeah, and like so, like, pendant surfing as well. We, we'll go, we'll go surfing depending where we are. Obviously, if it's in Cornwall, so we can. So we we change it. If we go for, foraging, so it's like a mix. We check, we we look at the layouts. Okay, well, this needs to go here, like, and it all builds up to like a certain purpose. And, and I've, I've trained in a breathing style called conscious connected breathing as well, and that's a bit more uh, on like the it's more of a healing modality. It kind of allows like like stored up emotion like block stuff to kind of like come up and like um be processed so that comes that's in the last day and everything kind of builds up to that to make that quite it's quite a powerful uh session and um so yeah it's that that's kind of the crux of it and it's always outdoors like part part of the work is um 
Yeah, I'm just gonna put my phone, everything on charge before it goes. Part of the work is like being in the outdoors for like three or four days, like kind of like just immersed by nature and that's like kind of rebuilding that connection a little bit as well. So yeah, that's a brief summer. And obviously around we're around the fires in the evening, we'll have like a bit of a topic to talk about, like certain stigma to break down, like what we want to, you know, like just see, just like check in, see where things are at. Like that's where like the kind of uh, internal vulnerability come, like, comes into it. So yeah, it's a bit of a rough summary of what goes on. <laughs> awesome. Mate, we've been nearly going for an hour. So uh, what I'd like to do is, um, you know, just just to get your perspective on what are you doing at the moment? You know, what's coming up and um, where can people, you know, find your content that, that you're putting out there? Yeah, so uh, it's, it's summer's in this industry, it's, it's busy. So I've got all sorts of stuff coming up. Uh, I've got my retreat next weekend. That's sold out, but there's... I've got a retreat October, November, which the space is for the October ones in North Yorkshire, the November ones in back in Cornwall. Um, yeah, and then I'm just I'm, I'm just here and I'm, I'm off London soon with bits of work. But um, yeah, my my Instagram, uh, obviously that's where the majority of my stuff comes from. Then I've got my, my websites linked to there where you can like look at the retreats and stuff like that. So uh, the me Instagram's like Malali91. Um, yeah, so obviously I, I work on, I have like one-to-one -one clients as well, like working with like dysfunctional breathing, uh, like getting to the root of what's causing like things, some like certain stress and anxiety and uh, yeah, we, we work with that. So yeah, that's kind of a, the nooks and crooks of what I do and where you can find me. Mate, it's been super interesting talking to you and I think I've, I've learned a couple of things as well, which is amazing. And, uh, yeah, if you, if anybody out there is uh, looking to do breath work, whether it's surfing or jujitsu or just for some some mental health, definitely look up Anthony's um, socials. I'll put the links into the uh, podcast blog at the very end, and um, and his website as well, so you can go and see what this massive human of a person is uh, is all about. Anthony Malali, thanks very much for uh, joining me on the podcast. No, thanks for having me, buddy. Cheers, mate. Well, that's it. If you like the podcast, please like, share and subscribe on your podcast provider. And also leave us a little review on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. Thanks for listening.